Alright, podcast up and going. WrestleMania edition coming shortly. to Americana the American way with Big John <laughs> nothing to get you giggling first thing in the morning like Coco Beware performing the song Pow Driver I forgot that was a love song <laughs> back in the uh, 80s uh, 90s Nah, 80s. Uh, Vince McMahon was so into the rock and wrestling connection and so bent on making uh, wrestling more than uh, a sport or sports entertainment, he would actually... (laughs) Oh, dear gosh. I can't believe I bought all of them. But he would make recordings with the wrestlers. And the wrestlers and Vince himself would sing the songs. All, uh, well, anyway, mostly original songs, too. Uh, some, None of them ever made it on the record charts, the billboards or whatever, surprisingly enough. Uh, they did sell a lot of records because wrestling was huge, but... None of the songs ever got much radio airplay. But yes, I had every wrestling album, cassette tape, whatever. But Coco Beware was actually one of the few who could sing. And that song may have been... No, that song would have never been anything. Anyways, find me on uh, Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. Spotify and Anchor.fm. It is Americana, the American Way podcast, as well as Rumble.com. So this is the big weekend for wrestling fans. Wrestling. Uh, this is WrestleMania weekend, and 
for lack of a better term, this is the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. The WWE or WWF uh, has a lot of events going on this weekend. Uh, it, there's my Joe Biden moment there. I don't have my teleprompter. What do you expect? Gosh, next I'll be talking about regime change in Russia or something. So anyhow, regime change in WWE. I'm coming for you, Vince. I'm taking over. Shit, if I ever get a couple billion dollars. Alright, so... Uh, they have um, what's called fan access, which would probably, I assume, is today, Friday. Maybe it's tomorrow, Saturday as well. Uh, I like the fact that WrestleMania is a two, excuse me, two night event. But I think the ticket, well, I think the ticket prices are low this year because of. I've heard the attendance numbers are not where they ought to be. But, um, you know, maybe you, you don't want to sit through eight hours of wrestling. But the WWE is so big. In order to get all their championship belts and all their wrestlers, superstars, on WrestleMania, it's got to either be like an eight-hour show or it's got to be two nights. And I really like this two-night format. Format. Uh, maybe you don't want to see everybody in the WWE. You just have certain wrestlers you're a fan of, and you want to go that night. Uh, but aside from that, we'll get into all that later. They also have uh, NXT, their uh, developmental brand. Uh, their pay-per-view is... Saturday afternoon at 12 o'clock. Tonight, the uh, WrestleMania, as far as the televised portion, it starts on SmackDown with the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. After that, on the Peacock, or as Jim Cornette calls it, the Cock, uh, they have the Hall of Fame. And I don't like what they've done with the Hall of Fame. They've shortened it. Um, I like, well, except for Mr. T's, like, 45-minute blabber one year. I liked listening to the wrestlers tell their old road stories or, you know, things like that. You know, that made it cool. And, and sometimes it was like a four-hour-long thing for just a, a few guys and girls to get up there and talk about their careers and starting out and you know, bars and high schools, but it was interesting to me, the wrestling fan nerd. But anyways, uh, this year, the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, let's start there. It comes on the Peacock streaming thing at 10 p.m. following SmackDown, which is on Fox. Start certainly not at the bottom, but uh, at the bottom of this story. So they have an a, an, a, an award called the Warrior Award. 
Um, and it's for somebody who's done something heroic. Um, the Ultimate Warrior suggested an award named after the guy that used to drive up and down the roads and sell the t-shirts at the live events. Because in the you know 70s and 80s and uh, half of the 90s, the only place you could buy a WWE t-shirt uh, is either uh, was at a WWE live event or they might have <clears throat> sold some t-shirts through the WWE magazine, but they didn't even have a catalog or anything where you could buy a t-shirt. You couldn't go online and buy t-shirts back then. And uh, the Warriors said, we should have an award for unsung heroes like so-and-so, and that should be called, whoever this guy was, the T-Shirt Salesman Award. Well, then, two days later, the Warrior died. And so, uh, I think it was to help his wife out. They gave her this token job with the company, and every year they pass out the Warrior Award. All right. Now that you know the entire history of the Warrior Award, uh, this year it goes to Shad Gaspard. Um, he, he will be present. He's passed away. Uh, <clears throat> it will be presented by Dana Warrior. Which, by the way, the Ultimate Warrior changed his legal name to Warrior Warrior. And his wife and kids all have the last name Warrior, legally. In a court of law, this is what their name is. Anyhow. So you don't think I'm weird saying Dana Warrior. That's her name. She's presenting Shad Gaspard. Shad uh, was one of my favorite wrestlers uh, at one time. <clears throat> and it was the 2000s because Lita, I think, yeah, Lita was still wrestling full time. Uh, they had an angle with her where they were stealing her underoos from her locker room and then. Uh, auctioning them off on live television. But anyhow, aside from that, uh, Crime Time was a very talented, two really big buff black dudes. Uh, they had a great gimmick, great charisma. I don't understand why they didn't go further than they did, but WWE um, has had always has had will has had always you know this habit of okay we push your weight to the top now now we'll bump you down to the mid card now the bottom okay you're really popular with the fans so you're fired now it's kind of the story of crime time uh they were really over with the fans so anyways after their wwe run you know they did some independent wrestling shows uh, Shad was bodyguarding for people, personal training, I think, and uh, doing some independent wrestling. Um, he and his son were at the beach. The son got caught in what's known as a riptide, where there's like 
I don't know. He got caught in a riptide and couldn't swim back to shore. And the waves were bad that day. And Shad <clears throat> swam out to save his son. A lifeguard seeing, saw the riptide, saw the two of them struggling, and swam out to save them. Because lifeguards know how to uh, swim through a riptide. So as the lifeguard was saving them, he only saved one at a time. So Shad handed his son off to the lifeguard. The son got back to shore, uh, all well and good. The, the lifeguard went out to rescue Shad, and he had disappeared under the water and unfortunately drowned. Uh, every wrestler in the California area was at that beach looking, hoping they would somehow find Shad alive. Uh, it went for two or three days and uh, sadly his body eventually washed up on the shore not alive. Um, but they were able to recover him and give him a funeral and stuff. And the wrestlers did a lot for his family and his son, as wrestlers will do, uh, raise money and stuff like that. So that is the Warrior Award. Going into the Hall of Fame are the Steiner Brothers, uh, Queen Charmel, also known as Charmel Sullivan Huffman, Vader, or Big Van Vader, Leon White, and The Undertaker, Mark Calloway. Uh, starting, at, starting out here with the Steiner Brothers. This is kind of a shock. Um... For a multitude of reasons. One thing, when Scott Steiner came to the WWE from WCW, he got a big push, and they put him right into this program with Scott Steiner, uh, Triple H. And it was some good stuff, but basically, it, it seemed like WWE didn't know what to do with the WCW wrestlers. Um, Vince lives in a bubble that is WWE. So he really doesn't know the wrestlers from other companies. Um, and Scott Steiner was... At this point in his career... He was never a small guy, but he was so into being Big Papa Pump, he was really no longer the in-ring worker that he was in the 90s, the early 90s, when he could really fly. He could really perform a fast-paced match. 
He invented the Huracan Rana, also at the time known as the Frankensteiner, where he jumps up, gets somebody in a head scissors, and then flips them. Uh, he and his brother Rick Steiner were very accomplished amateur wrestlers at the University of Michigan. They were great guys, uh, great wrestlers. Um, but when Scott came to the WWFE, whatever it was at the time, he just never really got over. And it's like they put him in a squash program with Triple H, where Triple H just, you know, in interviews put him down, which, I mean, that's what you do to your opponent. But uh, he just got squashed and lost in the 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 company and you know granted the WCW fan is a different mold from the WWE fan so somebody that was uh, over huge in WCW like uh, Scott Steiner was may not be as over uh, in WWE. Uh, the only one really adapted and that I can think of and really did extremely well was Booker T. He's already in the Hall of Fame. But anyways, on exiting the WWE, uh, Scott Steiner once said Stephanie McMahon was the C-word. He had uh, less than flattering things to say about Triple H also. And in interviews, you know, he would say, well, would you ever, you know, accept uh, an invitation to be in the WWE Hall of Fame? And he said, no. Where, where is the WWE Hall of Fame? There's no WWE Hall of Fame and, you know, F Vince McMahon and blah, blah, blah. Well, now his nephew, Rick's son, uh, used to be Rex Steiner, used to be Braun Steiner. Now he's Braun Breaker. Which is lame as hell. But what are you going to do? The WWE likes their copyrights. So, uh, Rick and Scott Steiner, the Steiner Brothers tag team, are going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and there's two, they're very deserving. But it's shocking that you can call Stephanie McMahon the C word run down Triple H and basically Scott Steiner said he wanted to beat Triple H up um, and whatever and then still go into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, for their accolades the Steiners were two time WWF tag team champions two time uh, IWGP tag team champions that's a Japanese federation, by the way. Seven-time WCW 
World Tag Team Champions and one-time WCW United States Tag Team Champions. So, yeah, they're up there with they're up there with the the uh, Road Warriors as far as like accomplished tag teams. Uh, people can say what they will about the Dudley Boys. I'm not anti Dudley Boy, but I'm also like the Road Warriors would beat the piss out of Devon and Bubba Ray or Bully Ray or whatever he's calling himself now. The it's just a fact, <laughs> okay. Um, the Steiners versus the Road Warriors in a real fight would be a hell of a fight. Okay? I'm just saying. I, I would favor the wrestlers because the Steiners could take you down and do you know twist you up. The Road Warriors could throw haymaker punches but let Scott or Rick take your legs out from under you and get you on the ground, that, that might be a little harder. Uh, anyways, that would be a good fight, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Uh, the Who the fuck are they? The Those two flippy floppy guys from AEW, the Balding Brothers, whatever. The ones Jim Cornette hates. Jim Cornette hates everybody. That doesn't narrow it down. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, uh, they are nowhere in the league of the Steiners or the Road Warriors. Um, the Dudley Boys are not in the Steiners league. I'm sorry. They're just not. Um, again, Rick and Scott Steiner in their prime versus Bubba Ray and Devon in their time in prime, whatever. Would would beat the shit out of them in a real fight. Sorry, I'm I'm old school wrestling. I look and say if this this wrestling match turned into a shoot, who would win? Is how I look at things sometimes. So, anyways, next person going into the WWE Hall of Fame is kind of a surprise. Uh, I and nothing against Queen Charmel. Or Charmel Sullivan Huffman. I've heard great things about her. Uh, she's very kind. I've never heard of her having an attitude problem. Uh, I think some of the work she and Booker T. Or King Booker. Or whatever gimmick he was in. Some of the work they did together was great. But Hall of Fame. I'm just not not sold on it. Uh, she's being inducted by uh, her husband, Booker T. Um, some of her acc accolades, and there aren't a lot, but bless her heart, 1991 Miss Black America. That's a big accomplishment in life outside of wrestling. Uh, she got into wrestling as a Nitro girl who were essentially supposed to be like cheerleaders or a dance squad 
to entertain the the WCW fans uh, during commercial breaks, and then you know later on they start having their own segments on TV uh, at when they danced, and then they start getting into wrestling. They start getting into storylines. Anyways, the Nitro Girls. Google it. It's worth a Google. They were pretty cute. Um, and then, of course, she was the longtime manager of uh, Booker T, her husband. And they were a great, very entertaining pair. Um, I just, I don't understand why Miss Elizabeth, the first lady of wrestling, Despite what Missy Hyatt thinks of herself, <laughs> Missy Hyatt is the first of a lot of things of wrestling. Uh, <laughs> um, but she is not the first lady of wrestling. Miss Elizabeth is. Um, and for her to not be in this Hall of Fame, I think, is an injustice. But I don't want to take away from Charmel. She's a nice lady. She's a beautiful lady. And she's a deserving person as a human being. Uh, moving on. A wrestler that's overdue for this is uh, Vader. Uh, in w- he was known as Big Van Vader in Japan. Uh, and he was... He was huge, period. But he was really popular in Japan. And he was just a badass dude. And he used to come out with this thing. It was like a cross between... It was like a... More than a helmet. It was like a full upper body... Like Darth Vader looking... It was like a a cross between... A TIE fighter... The uh, headgear that the... Stormtroopers wore in the TIE Fighters. Darth Vader himself. (laughs) All in one. And it would blow smoke. But it covered Vader. Big Van Vader. From the the chest up. And it was awesome when he came out to. First came into WCW wearing this headgear thing. You're like whoa what is that guy. You know, and then WWE took that away from him, and uh, he always wore this kind of mask contraption thing. But like that was the only thing WWE marketed him for. Why not have the shoulder pads blowing the smoke? You know, my kids would buy that. But anyhow, but he came into WWE and he was either Vader or for a while they were calling him Vader Time. Uh, he's being inducted by Mick Foley. Uh, they had some classic matches, I guess you could say. Uh, he's most known for uh, Mick Foley's tying Mick Foley's head up in the ring ropes, and Foley's like strangling because uh, the match before them, Two Cold Scorpio. This was in WCW. Too Cold Scorpio said, hey, the ring ropes are too loose. Tighten them up. So they tightened them up and almost killed Mick Foley. 
And the only way for Foley to get himself out of the ring ropes, because Vader kept distracting the referee and the referee couldn't help him, was to rip his head out of the ring ropes, thus ripping off half of his ear. Uh, so that was one of the things uh, Vader is very famous for. Helping Mick Foley lose half an ear. Uh, anyways, uh, so Vader, speaking of um, J J Japanese wrestling, uh, three-time IWGP heavyweight champion, which is a big deal for an American to go over there and win that. Uh, Two-time triple crown champion, which is another Japanese accolade. Uh, Three-time WCW world champion. Uh, One-time WCW United States champion. 1993 Battle Bowl winner, which was some gimmick match WCW had. I barely remember it. Three-time CWA world heavyweight champion. Uh, 1999 champion, Carnival winner, uh, 1993 Pro Wrestling Illustrated Wrestler of the Year, simultaneously held three world titles in three on three different continents. So, Vader was bigger overseas than he ever was in America, but. And WCW was probably his American peak of his career. Uh, WWE was so gimmicky and childish at the time he wrestled there. He really never got to shine. But he was a, a, about a three or four hundred pound dude. Three hundred pounds. And he could do moonsaults off the top rope. When the moonsault was like the most high-flying, revolutionary move in wrestling. Now we kind of think, oh, they did a moonsault, okay. But back then, especially a guy of his size, they weren't doing moves like that. I mean, it wasn't Shawn Michaels' moonsault, but it was still a moonsault. Uh, he was known for being stiff or potatoing guys and like really busting people up, basically. Long story short. Um, so, but the thing is, WWE like overlooks these people until they pass away. They've been doing this Hall of Fame for a, a while now. And why not put him in 10 years ago? You know? I don't know. Just one of those things. Uh, now, somebody that's going in at the perfect time, uh, he officially retired, had his last ride, The Undertaker. With the exceptions of... Uh, I mean, Undertaker is in the, the conversation with the best of all time. You know, you can have your George Hackenschmitz and Frank Gotch and Luthez. Oh, the wrestling marks have to bring up Luthez. Motherfuckers, you never saw Luthez wrestle. How, how do you know? You know? 
I get it. Luthez was a legit tough person. He was a legitimate wrestler. He was a legitimate shooter who could beat pretty much anybody in a fight at his in his day. That aside from things, nobody my age has ever seen Luthez wrestle live. Luthez was I don't even know if Luthez was alive in my lifetime. Okay, so all these names from the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s out the window. Undertaker is in the conversation with the greats of my generation. He's in the conversation with Hulk Hogan. He's in the conversation with Ric Flair. And, and really, after Ric Flair, you have to say The Undertaker. If, if you were going to have a Mount Rushmore, they talk about this all the time, the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, three names that, unless you're a complete dork, have to be on there are Hulk Hogan, because he brought wrestling from... He and Vince McMahon's marketing genius brought wrestling from the smoky bar rooms to MTV to a new generation to a household name. Everybody of the last 30 years knows Hulk Hogan. The next name with that is, and who's the best wrestler, the best worker, best entertainer of the three is Ric Flair. I don't know how Ric Flair would do in a shoot fight or in a street fight, but in the wrestling ring, there's no better performer of from the late 70s to the early 2000s than Ric Flair. Now, when it comes to gimmicks and characters, there's been nobody in the last 30 years better than Mark Calloway, The Undertaker. Why? One, he's a legitimate tough son of a bitch. He can fight for real. He was the backstage locker room leader that Vince, that the other guys and Vince McMahon went to. <clears throat> <clears throat> he could go to Vince and say, hey, Vince, you're fucking up. And not many wrestlers have that kind of power. Uh, hence the Montreal screw job. And you can look up Undertaker's role in that as a, a peace, not peacemaker, but a, a middleman between... Three parties that were basically ready to... Well, Bret Hart was ready to kill two of them. And anyways. But with the gimmick, he comes out as this dead man walking in the era of uh, a lot of tacky, childish gimmicks. But he was so good in the ring. And for a big guy, he was very athletic but he made you feel that dead man gimmick. 
I don't know how and why when we knew wrestling was entertainment, we still bought into this guy might really be dead. Or you know what I'm saying? He just captivated you. And then when the WWF when that gimmick started to get stale, he the Undertaker went to the ring and cut a promo about all these guys that have been leaving the company and I'm still here. And I'm loyal, Vince. And he took off the Undertaker persona and became the American Badass. And you were like, man, the Undertaker is a badass. He came out to the ring on a motorcycle. He had his, uh, he had a faction for a while, and they would all come out on motorcycles, but then that kind of got stale quick, and he went back to being the dead man, and they did it to where he was like, uh, it was like, he was like a cult leader, and then, you know, back into the dead man gimmick. So he can go, he went from a character to a, a real life character who was a badass to back to a character who was kind of satanic-ish, um, cultish, back to the completely dead man silent gimmick and then back to an American badass biker gimmick in his last match or two it's like no one else could pull off all those character changes in one career and still be like the most popular guy of the last 30 years so Undertaker is going into the Hall of Fame at the perfect time Vince McMahon is uh, inducting him uh, because they are good friends behind the scenes so I'm excited for The Undertaker some people say that Taker should go into the Hall of Fame all by himself and nobody else because he was that larger than life, larger than the business almost. But, uh, you know, other people have to get their due also. Uh, so let's see his accolades, his accomplishments. Uh, Four-time WWE champion, one-time world heavyweight champion, one-time hardcore champion, six-time WWF tag team champion, one-time WCW tag team champion, two, 2007 Royal Rumble winner, 15-time Slammy Award winner, 
uh, and Two Kwai Mountain Trophy winner. I've never heard of that. Uh, he went undefeated at WrestleMania for 21 straight years. <laughs> His overall WrestleMania uh, record is 25 and two. Uh, and he's been the longest tenured WWE wrestler, totaling 30 years. Uh, his career does go back further than that. Uh, he goes back to Texas wrestling uh, with the Von Erichs in Dallas, uh, Fritz Von Erichs territory. I think that's where he got his start. Uh, he was notoriously trained by... Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. Uh, Buzz Sawyer uh, essentially stole his money and ran. Uh, I think he got two or three wrestling lessons uh, in Buzz Sawyer's front yard. And every day that they had wrestling training, they lost a few wrestlers until it was just The Undertaker. Uh, and then he knocked on Buzz Sawyer's door one day. No answer. He looked in the window and the house was empty. And Buzz Sawyer took the money and ran to somewhere. Buzz Sawyer was a nut in real life and in wrestling. Mostly in real life, actually. So that's the WWE Hall of Fame breakdown. I'm going to do something separate for I'm going to do a separate video and podcast for uh, Wrestlemania and NXT Stand Your Ground because this is 41 minutes and that's long enough you've lost your attention span by now I'm sure <laughs> 